What's happening, y'all? Welcome inside the Fantasy Stock Exchange. Bush coming at you solo today to break down week four of fantasy football's trade targets. Some guys that were buying low. As always, I'm going to bring you five buy lows and three sell highs. We have three weeks of information now, so we should have a good idea of who's for real, who's not for real, who do we expect to be better going forward, and who do we expect to probably fall off a cliff a little bit and who's been overperforming. So last week, you got the last video to 500 likes. I definitely appreciate it. If you enjoy this video, let's try and get this one to 550 or 600. If we can, subscribe to the channel. If you guys are new around here, we post content pretty much every day. Anything from Redraft, Dynasty, we're going to have a ton of content coming at you for the rest of the season. And comment any of your thoughts down below. I'll try and help you all out with as many trades as I possibly can. So if you guys leave your comment right away as soon as the video drops, you got a very high likelihood of me getting to that comment. So before we get into today's video, as always, let's hit the intro. Okay, so quick recap of last week's buy lows. If you guys missed last week's video, I, I'm pretty sure, honestly, all of them still apply. I talked about Joe Mixon, Austin Eckler, Javante Williams, Elijah Moore, and the elite tight ends, George Kittle, Darren Waller, and Kyle Pitts. And really, aside from Kyle Pitts, I think all of those guys still had down weeks. So you could definitely still go after all of those players. And if you want to hear you know, more in-depth breakdown on why I'm going after them, go check out last week's video because all that stuff kind of still applies as well. But let's start off with the first guy or the first group of guys that I'm going to talk about in today's video, which is Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals. And the reason I'm buying low on these guys, I talked about Mixon last week because lost in the shuffle of the rocky start that Cincinnati's gotten off to, they're one and two, they dropped their first two games, is the fact that they're running the third fastest paced offense in the NFL right now. 24.2 seconds per snap was faster than any team in the NFL last year. And they're also passing at the highest rate of any NFL team, 74% in neutral script situation. So Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals, in my opinion, are on the precipice of exploding from an offensive standpoint. Jamar Chase has had two bad performances in a row. T. Higgins hasn't been outstanding either. Burrow's been solid, but he hasn't been elite. And I broke down Joe Mixon's case last week. This Bengals offense still has the same ceiling that we all expected, right? What we're seeing out of the Miami Dolphins is pretty much what we expected to see out of the Cincinnati Bengals. The top two receivers look great. The quarterback looks great. 20-plus point per game type of score. The running back situation, obviously, a little bit more clear in Cincinnati. Joe Mixon would be performing at a high level as well. But the reason I think the Bengals are going to take this step and, and turn into the offense that we all expected coming into the year is because their next three opponents, Miami, Baltimore, and New Orleans, all rank uh, top 12 in adjusted fantasy points allowed to the quarterbacks. And specifically with Miami and Baltimore, we know that they're going to put up points on the other side of the ball as well. So I'm expecting some high scoring output from the Cincinnati Bengals offense. And I think this will be your last chance to get these guys at, you know, 85, 90 cents on the dollar. Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Joe Burrow, they're still going to cost you quite a bit. Everybody knows that they're still good players and it's a good offense, but I think you can get them for slightly less than their ceiling range of outcomes would indicate. And what I mean by this is you guys can see some of the trades that we break down over here at the Fantasy Stock Exchange. Joe Burrow was traded away for Kirk Cousins and DJ Moore. If you can get a deal like that done, I think that's a great move to make. Kirk Cousins and Brandon Cooks for Joe Burrow. Any kind of trade where you can upgrade from a Kirk Cousins type or a Derek Carr type or even to a Tungavailoa to Joe Burrow, I think is a great move to make. Then we go on to T. Higgins where you can get T. Higgins and Najee Harris for Devontae Adams and Elijah Mitchell. You can get T. Higgins and Tyler Lockett for Brandon Cooks and Deontay Johnson, T. Higgins and Cooks for James Conner. There's tons of moves that you can make involving these guys. T. Higgins, I would say, of the two receivers is the one I'm more likely to target because I think people know 
what Jamar Chase is, but I do think you can still get a slight discount on Jamar Chase. For example, this is a very realistic trade that I think you could pull off in your leagues. This guy traded Nick Chubb straight away for Jamar Chase, and I think a lot of people will take that deal if they're in need of running backs or if they're not you know, satisfied with what Chase is giving them, and I would rather have Jamar Chase rest of season over Nick Chubb any day of the week in any kind of PPR league. You can see Miles Sanders and CeeDee Lamb traded away for Jamar Chase, Najee Harris straight up for Jamar Chase, so on and so forth. So make sure you guys are going out, sending out some offers for these Cincinnati Bengals players. They should be on the bounce back coming forward. And uh, number two, we have Leonard Fournette. Another offense that I expect to be bouncing back is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He is RB20 in scoring right now, and it's really not his fault because he hasn't scored a touchdown yet. Uh, and this offense in Tampa Bay is so banged up that they're 23rd in the NFL in scoring, which is not where we expect them to be, right? We, we expected the Tampa Bay Buccaneers offense to be a top 10, top five type of unit. Mike Evans will be back this week. He was suspended last week. Julio Jones and Chris Godwin should be back in the coming weeks as well. Weeks four, weeks five, week six. And also we have um, some guys coming back to the offensive line. Starting left tackle Donovan Smith is expected to play week four against Kansas City. Ryan Jensen, the Pro Bowl center, who's been out since the, the preseason games. He should be back at some point during the season, maybe in October, November type of area. Reinforcements are coming for this Tampa Bay Buccaneers offense. And Leonard Fournette will eventually have the huge workload that he's already seeing. You guys can see it on the screen right now. His workload is unmatched by pretty much everybody in the NFL. Like, Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley, Jonathan Taylor, and Joe Mixon. Like, this is the elite gold standard of workloads in the NFL. And Leonard Fournette is, you know, carrying 85% of the snaps, 73% of the carries, 72% of the routes, has a 12% target share right now. We just haven't seen, you know, the touchdowns go his way. He's getting all the long down and distance and two-minute drill snaps as well. Reinforcements are coming. This offense is going to be better than it's been showing so far. And once that happens, Leonard Fournette is going to be very, very good for fantasy. He's my RB5 rest of season. The only guys that I would rather have over him are Saquon Barkley, Jonathan Taylor, Christian McCaffrey, and Austin Eckler. And I think you could even make the argument that you'd want him over Austin Eckler as well. And you guys can see what you can get for him right now. I love Drake London. I think he's a great wide receiver. I think he's going to be a top 20, top 25 type of option, but a top five running back, give me Leonard Fournette. If you can somehow get Leonard Fournette for Clyde Edwards-Lair, I would even be willing to add a pretty solid piece on top of uh, Clyde to get to Leonard Fournette. I think that is a steal of a move. I would rather have Leonard Fournette than Javante straight up. I would rather have Leonard Fournette than, you know, any tight end really like in that area where Conklin is going and AJ Dillon combined. I think you can get some really, really good value on Leonard Fournette right now. So make sure you guys are sending out offers for him. Number three, we have Alvin Kamara. And I talked about Alvin Kamara in week one as a solid trade target. And I still think he's a solid trade target now because for starters, he should be recovered from the injury that kind of limited him in the first three games. He suffered a rib injury by the sounds of it in preseason or in training camp or at the beginning of week one or whatever. It's a two to three week timeline. It's been two to three weeks. According to um, some sports medicine doctors on Twitter, they've kind of been you know, adamant that uh, Alvin Kamara should be back to normal now. Alvin Kamara is also a great player, right? He's simply just not playing at his best right now. He's still getting great usage. The same goes for this offense too. Jameis Winston is not playing well. He's currently not practicing as of today, but even if he's out or if he's limited in any way, Andy Dalton is a capable backup that they can move to. And I don't think it affects the offense a ton. All I care about really right now is that Alvin Kamara is an elite player and he's getting a huge workload with a lot of targets. And if this offense starts humming, we have Michael Thomas, we have Chris Olave, we have Jarvis Landry, Alvin Kamara. We know that Alvin Kamara can punch it into the end zone if they're moving the ball very well on offense. And if this offense starts playing better, then he's going to have a lot more of those touchdown opportunities. He hasn't scored a touchdown so far this year, and he's playing a team this week in Minnesota uh, against the Vikings in London where he scored six touchdowns against them a couple years ago on Christmas Day. So this offense has too much talent, in my opinion, to be bad for the rest of the year. 
I think better days are ahead for the New Orleans Saints, and they're basically a more well-coached version of the Denver Broncos. There's just too much talent around them to fail and to continue playing this bad. So I'm expecting a big-time bounce back for Alvin Kamara and the Saints offense. So make sure you guys are going and sending out offers for him. A lot of running backs in Alvin Kamara's territory are not very you know highly sought after right now. It looks like Dalvin Cook and Austin Eckler and Joe Mixon, Leonard Fournette. All these guys look like bums compared to the wide receivers that were drafted around them. But I do think that's going to correct itself in the coming weeks. Number four we have is Brees Hall. Now, Brees isn't exactly what I would call a buy low because if you're playing a more sharper league, people are going to know why you're trading for Brees Hall. He just had 11 targets this week. He outsnapped, he outtouched Michael Carter for the first time all season. And we know he was a highly decorated prospect, second round pick, best running back in the draft. And he just finally started to take command of this backfield a little bit. But that's not the only reason I'm buying Brees Hall. I'm buying Brees Hall because we also have Zach Wilson, who's expected to return this week. And the reason I think he's a buy low candidate is because I think a lot of people will make the conclusion, which is very lazy in my opinion, that Joe Flacco helps this offense more than Zach Wilson. Not only that, but that he also helps the running backs a lot more because he's going to check down more. And that might be true. But what I'm thinking with Zach Wilson and why I think it's more important that he plays than it is that Joe Flacco plays is because, as I've said repeatedly, young quarterbacks never have this cast of talent around them in their second year, right? We never see Garrett Wilson, Elijah Moore, you know, Corey Davis, and these two running backs and Tyler Conklin around a young quarterback this early on in their career. I think Zach Wilson has a lot of talent. He has a lot of talent to work around this offense with to help him take the next step. And most of the market right now thinks that he is a foregone conclusion going to be a terrible quarterback and that he hurts the offense the second he's back. So I think you can combine that with the star prospect profile we have for Brees Hall, what we've seen from a usage standpoint, and there's some uncertainty surrounding Zach Wilson and how good of a quarterback he's going to be. That is the prime opportunity to get a discount on, on uh, Brees Hall because if Zach Wilson does hit his range of outcomes where he's at least better than Joe Flacco, which I don't think is out of the range of possibility, and I also think there's a possibility where he's actually outright good and as good as maybe Trevor Lawrence to a tongue of Iloa types are playing right now. I think that is the range of outcomes that you want to chase with Brees Hall. I would only make this move if you are two and one or if you're three and oh, I would not make this move if you're oh and three because it does come with some risk. But I do think if you have a lot of depth on your roster, if you can go after a guy like Brees Hall on the cheap, I think this is a great stash for your playoff run and a guy that could definitely pay off big time down the stretch from a fantasy perspective. So we have number five, another rookie, which is Traylon Burks. And this is another usage-related buy low. So uh, if you play in a more competitive league, your league mates might be wise to what's happening here. But Traylon Burks had a math week this week, right? He didn't produce in the stat sheet. He wasn't very good from a fantasy production standpoint. But we saw what we needed to see at a Traylon Burks. 97% of the routes this past week. And Burks is leading the Titans right now, despite being a part-time player in the first two games, with 23% targets per route run and 18% target share on the season, despite being a part-time player. So we know that rookies scale production as the season goes along. And so far, we've seen what we needed to see out of Traylon Burks. He's averaging over 2.0 yards per route run. He's been very efficient on his targets. He's commanding targets when he's on the field. Now we finally get those routes are given, targets are earned type of argument. He was a top three wide receiver in this class. He had just as much stake to claim the wide receiver one spot as Drake London did, as Garrett Wilson did. And we know what those guys are doing right now. So picture Garrett Wilson right now in week one, right? That's the buy low window I'm talking about. Get Traylon Burks before that Garrett Wilson week two game happens. 
and you won't have to pay an arm and a leg for uh, Traylon Burks right now because the usage is there. Everything that we need to see out of him is there now. We just need to see the production, and we've seen it in spurts so far, which gives me confidence that we'll see it long-term for the rest of the season. And you can get Traylon Burks right now for nickels, right? Like you can get him for Alan Lazard, for DJ Moore, for Romeo Dobbs, for TJ Hawkinson, for Tony Pollard, Isaiah McKenzie. Like These are not expensive pieces that you're giving up for Traylon Burks. And again, if you're a very good team right now with a lot of depth and you're 3-0, and go after Traylon Burks because he could help be a league winner down the stretch for you. So moving off of the buy lows, let's get into some sell highs. And I don't want to sound like a broken record here, but two of these guys are exactly the same guys I talked about last week. And I still think they're great sells. So I, I know I talked about Nick Chubb already, but you have to sell this dude right now. And it's not because I think Nick Chubb will be terrible. I'm not saying that Nick Chubb will be, you know, an RB three for the rest of the year. I think he's going to be a back end RB one. Like he always is. It's all about market perception with Nick Chubb right now, because Nick Chubb is the RB two in fantasy. Only Saquon Barkley has been better from a fantasy point per game standpoint. And he's played three cupcakes, the Panthers, the Jets, and the Steelers, and he's in a split backfield. So we know that Nick Chubb, because he's a great player, is going to be efficient. He's going to be productive on his touches, but he will never be a top five, top three overall running back because he's in a split backfield. He splits goal line work with Kareem Hunt. He splits receiving work with Kareem Hunt. He splits carries with Kareem Hunt. So take advantage of the fact that most of your league mates probably assume that Nick Chubb is going to be the best running back or one of the best running backs in fantasy right now and buy low on some of these other guys that have much rosier outlooks, right? We, we know that Leonard Fournette gets a way better workload than Nick Chubb. He, maybe Nick Chubb's the better running back, but Leonard Fournette should be playing in the better offense and has a way better workload. You can flip those guys one for one, no questions asked right now, and you might even be able to get something on top of Nick Chubb. Flip him for Joe Mixon, flip him for Austin Eckler, flip him for some of these other guys, Alvin Kamara. I think you can make those moves with ease and probably get pieces attached to those other running backs who I would rather have straight up than Nick Chubb for the rest of the season. So let's move on to Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. And again, I did talk about him last week, so I'll keep this brief. This guy's not only in a split backfield like Nick Chubb. He is literally a part-time player. He has not played more than 50% of the snaps in any game so far this season. His opportunity share is 36th in the NFL right now. We're talking about an RB3 workload who is performing as a top five running back. That is going to regress negatively to the mean. He's probably going to be a mid RB2, low end RB2. And that's not what his perception is, right? Again, I'm not saying he's going to be terrible. You should drop him and he's a bum. I'm saying that he's going to be back to where he should be, which is back end RB2 range. He has an RB3 workload, but because he plays for Kansas City, he can be in the back end RB2 range, just like a Devin Singletary type can be for the Buffalo Bills. So make sure that if Clyde Edwards-Hilaire's market perception in your league is that he's an RB1 or he's a top 10 running back or top five running back, make sure you take advantage of that perception being higher than it should be. Uh, Drake London, you can get straight up for Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I would do that in an instant. Somehow you can get T. Higgins for Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. And this is all going to depend league to league. Maybe everybody in your league is sick of Clyde and he's a bum and, and nobody wants him, then just hold. But if he has a high perception of value in your league, definitely sell him. And the final guy that I talked about last week was James Robinson, although I will say that I'm probably more likely to hold on to him now after what I saw this past week versus what I've seen from James Robinson in the past. So if you don't want to sell him, you know, by all means, hold on to him. Damian Pierce is actually the third sell high of this video. And I talked about Damian Pierce as a great play, a great flex option. He was in the TikTok that I did talking about must start, you know, fix your flex options because the Texans were even skill level with the Chicago Bears and it ended up being a gross game, which is what I expected. But four of the next five games that the Texans play 
are against the Chargers, the Jaguars, the Titans, and the Eagles, and the Raiders are the other game that they play. So none of those teams are they going to be favored, right? They're not going to be going into those games uh, with you know heavy favorites. This is the NFL, so any team can win on any given Sunday. But for the most part, I expect Damian Pierce to be game scripted out of some of those games, if not most of those games. And we know that Damian Pierce has exclusively an early down role. Like he's getting no targets, 4% target share, 25% of the team's routes, none of the long down and distance and two-minute drill snaps, that's all going to Rex Burkhead. So with Damian Pierce, we need a solid game script in order for him to get a lot of carries, in order for him to get a lot of goal line work, and we don't expect this offense to be moving the ball at a super, super high rate as well. And the reason I think Damian Pierce also is a great uh, sell high is because he has a lot of name cachet, right? Because he was the preseason darling. He's a rookie running back. Everybody thinks he has a lot of upside, which is probably true. But you can probably get Brees Hall straight up for Damian Pierce right now, which is awesome move to make because we expect Brees Hall to be a lot better down the stretch than uh, Damian Pierce will. And you can use Damian Pierce in some of these two-for-one deals like you can see here. Somebody sold Damian Pierce and Amon Ross St. Brown, who I love, for Justin Jefferson. Like, if you're able to get a superstar like that, you have to make those moves. Damian Pierce and Jeff Wilson for Michael Pittman Jr. and Adam Thielen. I think that's a great move to make as well. Damian Pierce and A.J. Brown for Justin Jefferson, Ramondre Stevenson. Ramondre versus Pierce is a conversation rest of season, but Justin Jefferson, much uh, prefer him over A.J. Brown. So make sure you guys are making some of these moves. Take some of these buy low candidates. Go after them, especially if you guys are in winning positions right now. You can afford to drop a couple games if need be. Uh, take some of these sell high candidates. If you, your team is overperforming relative to expectations, you want to make sure that you're going to be great long-term and using some of your sell high candidates is definitely the way to do so. So if you enjoyed, like I said, let's try and get this video to 550, 600 likes. Leave a like down below. It costs you nothing. We really appreciate it. It really helps us in the algorithm. Subscribe to the channel if you have not already done so. I really appreciate that as well. And comment down below. I will get to as many comments as I possibly can. Last week, I got to like 100, 200 comments. So make sure you guys leave any of your thoughts down below and I will get to them as much as I can. With that being said, though, peace out. We'll talk to you soon. Why you need the money?